From the Heritage Foundation, Merry Christmas from your pals at Heritage Explains. Twenty twenty one has been a very busy news year. A new president, a global pandemic with an onslaught of government overreach to boot, supply chain issues, prices going sky high, growing threats from our enemies abroad, just to name a few. Man, I need a deep breath after that. (sighs) But one issue seems to be sort of flying under the radar, and that's the conservative pushback to restore voter integrity around the country. Here's some classic liberal leftist spin from CNN. A new tally by the left-leaning Brennan Center for Justice finds that 361 bills with provisions that would restrict voting have been introduced in 47 states as of March 24th. That's a 43% jump in the number of bills since Brennan released its last report a little over a month ago. Most of the bills target absentee voting. Nearly a quarter seek to impose stricter voter ID requirements. A handful of states have already acted. If CNN and the far leftist Brennan Center refer to these largely Republican bills as, quote, restrictive, I'm dubious. Naturally, of course. But this report makes it seem like only red state Republicans are implementing these provisions. I guess they missed this story in the deep blue Democrat state of New York. New York State Republicans are claiming victory over last night's election results. Ballot propositions backed heavily by Democrats failed to gain traction despite being relatively popular. Wait, I thought only conservatives were against measures like voting registration on Election Day and no-fault absentee ballots. I guess CNN and the Brennan Center missed that. One thing is certain, because Americans understand how important the right to vote is, we have seen many states begin to pass laws that make it easier to vote and harder to cheat. And that is a good thing. In fact, Heritage Foundation has come up with a way to track these changes. It's called the Election Integrity Scorecard. It analyzes the election laws of every state and grades them on how well they protect the security and integrity of the election process. It's great context, so please go check it out. Now, one of the people that helped develop this database is our friend and frequent guest, Hans von Spakovsky. He's a senior fellow here at the Heritage Foundation and manages our election law reform initiative. He's joined us several times this year to update us on a broad range of election issues from HR1 to HR4 to the response in general to the 2020 elections. He's on the front lines of pushing for these state reforms we continue to hear about. So this week, he joins us to recap where we are at the end of 2021 and cast a vision for what elections will look like moving forward especially since 2022 is an election year. But first, this. 
The Biden administration has been in power for almost a year. And the radical left has been imposing its dangerous ideology on America. Not only do they want to expand government control and promote cancel culture, but they also want to rewrite our nation's history, indoctrinate American students in our public school system, attack our traditional values of honor, liberty, and justice for all, and implement a Marxist agenda that unleashes socialism throughout our country. Here at the Heritage Foundation, we need your help to finish the year strong and prepare for the battles that lie ahead in 2022. By making a tax-deductible year-end gift right now, you'll help advance your principles, free enterprise, limited government, individual freedom, traditional American values, and a strong national defense at a time when our nation needs these principles most. Visit heritage.org slash year-end to make your tax-deductible donation today. Hans, we've done several episodes this year on voter integrity, HR1, HR4, the non-existence of voter suppression, as uh, as you so well put. Um, we get the um, vote by mail versus uh, ballot harvesting, um, just exposing kind of the ways the left is corrupting our election process throughout the country. Um you know, given all these episodes and all the work you've done this year, I wanted to kind of bring you in to kind of just give us a state of the union and where we are. A lot of stuff has happened. You know, you've got Merrick Garland suing Texas for redistricting. You've got uh, the results as your your latest piece shows in New York with them turning down some efforts to take our elections uh, to a more corrupt place. So. First of all, <laughs> thanks for being here. But second of all, I, I just wanted you to to catch us up with where we are with HR one and HR four. We spent so much time talking about it, and now we hear nothing about it. Well, there's room for optimism. The reason there's room for optimism is, on the one hand, the efforts pushed by Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to federalize the election process. You know, they've tried to push through several bills, HR one being the most prominent, but also mm-hmm. others that would have led to a, not only a federal takeover of the election process, taking it away from the states, but putting in all these really unwise, reckless policies and rules, that has been successfully stopped. Wow. The Republicans uh, successfully have filibustered all of those bills. So for, for 2021, uh, that's, that, the, federal, the federal process is over. Wow. On the other hand, there's also optimism for the fact that a number of states, when their legislative sessions met, actually passed pretty good election reform bills containing wow. a lot of the recommendations that, in fact, Heritage had made. Hmm. Florida, Georgia, Texas, uh, Arizona, Iowa, uh, even Kansas, a number of states passed good reforms. The, the most obvious examples are Georgia and Texas, for hmm. example, yeah. uh, extended their voter ID laws, which were good laws, but they only they only applied to in-person voting. Okay. They extended them to absentee ballots. Hmm. Okay? So they passed good reforms. What's happening now is that all of these states got sued. Huh. Now, that was expected because anytime any state passes any election reform, they are sued by uh, twice the usual number of suspects, you know, the, yeah. the ACLU, the NAACP. And they've been joined now by the Biden Justice Department because yeah. the people running the Biden Justice Department 
I mean, it's it's essentially as if the ACLU is in charge of the Justice Department. Hmm. So what's happening now is battles in the courts, which if if the attorney generals of places like Georgia and Texas put up a vigorous fight, I think they're going to win. And and I was just going to get to that. You know, you have sort of an inspiration um, when, you know, 2020 was obviously contested, you know, a lot of people saying this or that about the election and, and you're left with, okay, well, what do we do now? Right. And, and they all kind of went toward these, these sensible reforms that we have advocated for. And of course they, I'm sure they expected these challenges to come, especially as the Biden administration took over. Now, my question is, is the same thing happening in left leaning States? Are they going further? To the left, trying to combat what's happened in the right-leaning states, making these election reforms. Well, they have been, but you know, it's very interesting. You should say that because mm-hmm. remember, uh, New York, for example, is a very blue state. Yeah, and two of the things that we have argued against because we think they're unwise policies are uh, a state switching to same-day voter registration. Yeah, you know, that's that's when a fo- somebody can walk into a polling place on election day. They register and they immediately vote, which gives election officials absolutely no time to actually verify any sure. of the information given, right. given, right? Well, on election day, the same time that Virginia and New Jersey had their elections in New York, they had two referenda on the ballot. One hmm. was to switch New York to same-day voter registration and the other was to take New York from a state where you need an excuse to use an absentee ballot right. to no-fault absentee. And the people of New York voted both of those down. By a pretty intense margin. By the yes. way, folks, Hans wrote a uh, Hans and, uh, and and our good buddy John Fun wrote a piece on this uh, this I guess defeat in New York, but a victory for our our side right. in New York. And so I'll link to that in the show notes. But the interesting thing is, is yeah, the margin was very uh, in uh, very much against. Yeah, it was very emphatic. Folks voted against it. Now, on the other hand, you have what's interesting about that is. The people in New York voted against it, yet that's exactly what the two Democratic senators from the state, including Chuck Schumer, have been pushing. Right. Uh, and another example of that is there's uh, there's a vote going on in the city council hmm. of New York to give people who are not U.S. citizens the ability to vote in local elections. Oh, jeez. And they're doing that despite the fact that if they pass that, it's illegal under state law because the New York Constitution actually has a requirement in it that if you want to vote in a state or local election in New York, you have to be a U.S. citizen. Apparently, members of the city council in New York just don't care. We're seeing here uh, in the Biden uh, Department of Justice, Merrick Garland uh, is filing lawsuits um, to kind of stop these things from happening. And I would like to remind the listeners um, that – that would be the standard if HR4 passed. Everything would have That's to go exactly through the Department right. of Justice. So now right. we are getting a sneak preview of what the, the John Lewis Act, Voters' Rights Act, I can't remember what it was called, but we're getting a sneak preview of what it would actually look like. That's right. And and one of the things that you're, you're talking about here is that they've just filed sue the Justice Department yeah. against Texas over its new redistricting plan. And what's... <laughs> I think the AG there said it's it's an absurd claim, and in many mm-hmm. ways it is because folks, what folks need to remember is this: remember we just had reapportionment, right? Because of the census. Okay. Because of reapportionment, Texas got two new additional congressional seats. Wow. Uh, Texas is a is a red state. 
They have, for years, uh, on a statewide basis, they vote for Republicans. Yeah. And yet the Justice Department is saying, oh, you somehow violated the Voting Rights Act and you discriminated because the two new seats, you drew them so that a Republican candidate would win them. That's discriminatory. It's discriminatory <laughs> because you didn't draw them so that a Democrat would win. That's the <laughs> argument. That's the argument uh -huh. they're making in the case. And as I travel, you and I travel around the country and we talk to a lot of great people, great Americans right. who love this nation. But one thing that I've been hearing creep up a little bit is, hey, we can't beat them in terms of ballot harvesting and early voting and vote by mail. So we just need to do it better than them so we can continue to win elections. What is that a good position for us to, to be in a good posture to take? How, how would you respond to somebody saying that? No, my response would be uh, you should be working hard to put in the kind of election reforms hmm. that are going to make for a fair and secure process. Uh, okay. You do need to convince everybody to vote. Yeah. You know, folks who are going around saying, oh, I just don't trust the system, so I'm not going to vote. That's the wrong attitude. Hmm. You need to gut out. You need to vote. But you also should do what's, what we see happening in the education area. Hmm. Parents have started showing up at school board meetings and questioning the propaganda being fed to their kids. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing with the public when it comes to elections. Start showing up at the county election board meetings where you live. That, those are the people who run elections. Start calling state legislators and saying, hey, there's all kinds of election reforms. I can send you a list. Huh. <laughs> the huh. Heritage Foundation, we put out a list of election reforms. Why aren't you guys passing this? Huh. That's the kind of work that they ought to do to ensure that we have secure elections. Let me let me ask. So from from a bird's eye view, what would you see as the gold standard for a state for election reforms right now? There is no perfect situation, but if there could be, what would be those steps if 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 you could uh, prescribe them to the state and they could pass them right away? Well, there's a long list of them, but the top priorities would be uh, requiring an ID to vote, whether wow. it's in person or by absentee, verifying the citizenship and mm. accuracy of voter registration information when people register to vote, wow. uh, cleaning up voter registration lists to take yeah. people off who are dead, who've moved out of state, who perhaps have been convicted of felonies or in prison and therefore have lost their ability to vote. Those are those are just basic steps. I was, I was going to say, I, sorry to interrupt you, but ID, you say ID and I'm like, duh. Like, like, like that right. seems as basic as it gets. And yet here we are saying that that's our top priority. I mean, or one of our top priorities for a state to do. And and my my question to that is, is that what would be the left's argument is it too hard to get an ID? Is that is that what they say? They say it's too hard to get an ID. It somehow uh, suppresses votes, all of which we know is not true. Uh -huh. And I got to tell you, the 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 evidence out there on that not being true is now so overwhelming, right? That it's hard for me to believe that, for example, political consultants have any reason for opposing this other than. Well, if you require an ID, it's going to make it harder for us to cheat in elections. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. What What about? I mean, but and then uh, an ID. Uh, but you also mentioned verifying citizenship. Yes. Um, that seems to be 
pretty basic as well. My question is, how do you do that with a border that is just completely open with, you know, uh, especially in these highly concentrated areas uh, where immigrants are just coming? Um, how do you ensure that that uh, works fairly? Well, that's not it's not easy. Yeah. But on the other hand, keep in mind, remember that under federal law, for example, people who are not U.S. citizens are not entitled to get welfare payments. Hmm. And so there's a system out there. You know, the states administer federal welfare programs. Right. And they are supposed to verify someone's citizenship hmm. by cooperating with the federal government, the Department of Homeland Security, and the databases they have to check. When somebody applies for welfare, make sure, are they U.S. citizens so they're entitled to these federal funds? This very same system ought to be used by election officials. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Take me a little bit to uh, the, the coming year. We, it's an election year. Right. Um, what would you what would you say are the hot button issues to watch um, in terms of election security as we end 2021, we head into 2022? Um, what are going to be the things we're going to see popping up in the media that you can envision, and what should the response to that be? While I said that a number of states had passed good election reforms, there are other states that that didn't. Okay. And remember, most states. Their legislatures meet in the first quarter of each year. Okay. So once January of 2022 rolls around, we have a, a, a large group of states who have another opportunity hmm. to pass election reform bills. Pennsylvania, for example, I know they've been working on election reform. They passed some last year. The governor vetoed it and then admitted he hadn't actually read the bill. Oh, my God. So now they're working on, they're working on another bill that, for example, will put in an annual audit requirement for for elections in the state, which is a good good thing. So we need to watch the state legislatures when they start meeting in January, but we also have to keep an eye on Congress right. to make sure that there isn't another push yeah. by liberals to get one of these really bad bills through. Well, Hans, I uh, thank you so much for looking out for this. I mean, you have done such a good job this year following a tough 2020, um, you know, casting a vision for what voter integrity looks like in this nation. So as we close out 2021, we head into another election year. I know that the work you have done is going to serve the American people in a very meaningful way. So I, I just wanted to, again, say thank you for that. And all oh, I the, appreciate that. All the episodes that we've done this year um, as, as we wrap out here. So again, thank you. Thanks, Tim. It's, uh, I, the only reason I can do this is because I work at the Heritage Foundation and they support this kind of work. Yeah. God bless it. Well, Merry Christmas, Hans. Same to you. And that's it for this episode of Heritage Explains. Merry Christmas, everyone. We love this time of year, and we are so grateful for you as our audience. As we head into the holidays, give the gift of Heritage Explains. Please feel free to share with your friends and your family. I think it's a pretty good gift, although I might be considered biased. By the way, we have linked to all of the resources that helped build this episode out. So please head over to the show notes and check it out for yourself. That also includes the election integrity scorecard. It's a really cool thing. I think you'll really, really enjoy it. And, uh, and with that being said, Michelle Cordero is up next week, and she's going to take us even further into the Christmas season. We'll catch you then.
Heritage Explains is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher, with editing by John Pop.